Well, right now it looks like streaming is going to be a big part of the Pac-12 media contract. I don't think that's a problem for scheduling. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which is loaded with some mailbag questions today, which I'm always here for. Uh, this is not Spencer C. McLaughlin Esquire talking to you, by the way. This is just Spencer McLaughlin post-broadcast late at night. And I was calling an SUU Southern Utah gymnastics meet. True story. I talk about gymnastics. I'm semi-knowledgeable. My analysts really kick butt in that department, though. I kind of let them uh, carry the weight and whatnot. But uh, I feel like if I come home and go into, quote unquote, more casual attire, then I'd start to wind down and then I'll give you the best show possible. So I just come home late at night, come right into the office and boom, let's rock and roll. Juan Klein asks via the YouTube comments. You can ask in there. You can ask on Twitter as well at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore pack 12. See how much energy we got right now? All fired up. Another question to ask regarding an exclusively streaming media deal, which I don't anticipate, by the way. It's it's not impossible. I don't think you can rule anything out. But again, we're just operating a hypothetical world here. And I'm okay with that. I'm here for it. I love a good hypothetical, as long as it's realistic. Would that affect scheduling home games with other Power 5 conferences? Would, say, a Big Ten school be less willing to schedule a home-and-home with the Pac-12 if they know the road game will only be available on a streaming platform and not a linear channel? Food for thought. I agree that it's food for thought, and it's a dish that I'm going to consume, and I'm going to stop with that metaphor because I think that was going to go in a bad place. So, the, the the question here that you're asking is, would other schools be concerned scheduling a home-and-home home where one game, not both games, of course, where one game would be on a streaming service potentially? Not guaranteed, by the way, but potentially. When you're scheduling a home-and-home home with another school, and it happens all the time, and we just saw Ohio State cancel on Washington, and no, it is not because there isn't a Pac-12 media deal or because it could be streaming heavy. That is not the reason. Ohio State canceled that because they had both Washington and Texas on their schedule for, I think, 2024 and maybe 25. Excuse me. And then they decided, they made a business decision, which was, we've got one quality non-conference opponent, so we don't need two and risk having a loss because Washington is good. So let's just cancel that, add a buy game, play Texas, which is a much bigger TV draw, and they're going to be in the SEC by then anyway. Makes a lot of financial sense, obviously. So back to the question of streaming here. The short answer is no. I don't think this would be a huge problem, and here's why. Let's say the game, what whatever matchup it would be, let's say, let's just take, let's look at the non-conference slate in the Pac-12 this year. Auburn and Cal, for instance. Auburn, playing in the SEC, has a fantastic TV deal. They get a lot of money. They're on linear cable just about all the time, I'm pretty sure. I don't know all the details and specifics of it. But the University of Auburn football program, over a two-year period, 
is not going to be concerned about one game that might have, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand or a million less TV viewers than it could otherwise have. That is not going to be a big concern of theirs because that is not going to make or break. It's not like Auburn would be playing on that channel all the time, right? If you're concerned about streaming and whatnot for the Pac-12, okay, I get it. But that's over the course of weeks and weeks and weeks. And so in these home-and-home matchups, it is always the home team that is responsible for the broadcast. So whoever the home team is associated with in terms of broadcast media partners, that's where the game is going to be broadcasted. So with Auburn, which does, I believe, have a home-and-home with Cal, let's say they did that again under the next deal. And let's just say, again, just for the sake of conversation and fun here, that the game Cal would play Auburn would be on Apple TV+. Plus. The University of Auburn football program is not significantly harmed by playing that game on a service that all their fans might not have access to. But Spencer, their fans would be so upset, they'd be frustrated. Yes, some of them might be. Some of them would also probably use it as an opportunity to further their or strengthen their opinions of, man, I can't stand the Pac-12, they're way behind, and yada, 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 and such, right? So Auburn is not going to be worried about that one singular game because over the course of two seasons, if let's say Auburn's bowl eligible both of those years, but they don't make the conference title game, that's 26 football games, most of which will come against SEC opponents on linear cable if you're so worried and hot and bothered about that sort of thing. Do you think they're worried about the one? And yeah, some fans might be frustrated with it. Let me ask this question to you. In all your, I've been a sports fan my whole life. You probably have as well. Has your school or your professional sports team even always done what you would like them to do and what makes you the happiest as a fan? The answer to that question is absolutely not. So if Auburn saw value in scheduling a home and home with whatever Pac-12 school and the one game that would be played on the West Coast would be on a streaming platform, I really do not believe they're going to be that concerned about it. Like, like some of you posited the idea that Ohio State canceled because, oh, they were going to be missing the exposure against Washington. Like, dude, come on. It's Ohio State. They're the most watched team in the country. They're not missing an opportunity to showcase themselves to recruits or get their brand out there because they because they would have maybe played Washington on Amazon or Apple which there's no guarantee of by the way but it, you know let's just operate in the space of our school is going to be deterred by it. no i don't think so cuz it's one game over the course of a couple of years it's not like the tv viewership is going to literally be zero and what you would have to gain potentially by winning the game against said Pac-12 opponent depending on who it is is far greater than what you quote unquote have to lose in that situation, because what you have to lose are some frustrated fans, maybe of your own for one week who can't watch the game or who have to find an illegal stream, which let's be real, not an uncommon thing in today's society, or they'd have to pay a little bit, you know, a one-time fee for a trial or whatever to watch the game. You'd be dealing with that. And then 
I, I mean, how many fewer people are we talking about watching the game? It is a minuscule number compared to the total number of eyeballs they'll draw to their program over the course of one entire season. So I'm not concerned about that. I really am not. I think it's an interesting question. I, I do. But if a school wants to play a home-and-home home with X program, they're going to play it because they see an advantage there. Because if some people or not as many people can watch one of the two games they play, not the other one, right? Because whatever, you know, other Power 5 school, Big 10, ACC, whatever, that's hosting, if they were going to put on linear cable, well, then you have another chance to play that team. And if you're so worried about it, like it's, it's just, I don't think it's making enough of a difference there because you're either going to get something from the win in terms of your resume or just your clout in the college football world, or you're not. And whether or not, you know, a, a few hundred thousand people more have the ability to watch it, even if it's a million people more, I don't think that's making the uh, making the difference there. I love the question, though. I love the question. I've got a shout out to make and another question to answer. And you guys are coming up with some really good ones. I really appreciate that. Kind of how I appreciate that FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. And... It's the midway point in the NBA season, so it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Yeah, I know. You download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can also sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on for your chance to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Before I get to the next question on today's show, which I love answering, got to shout out my guy who I virtually met yesterday. His name is Jared Mitz, and he pointed out that the YouTube description of this particular show was out of date, and when I took over hosting it last April, I think it was, I didn't update that. Shout out to you, Jared. Thank you so much for helping make the show a little bit better any way you can. Appreciate all of you. If you haven't liked, subscribed, commented, anything, whether it's good or bad, by all means. Go ahead and do so. All right, next question. I love your guys' uniqueness and creativity in the uh, in the name department here. S&H Exteriors. That's got to be a business, right? Like, that, that's, that's got to be a business. S&H Exteriors. If so, here's your free marketing opportunity on the show. We get, uh, we get, we get a decent amount of, we get a decent amount of traction here. I locked on Pac-12, and I'm very grateful to all of you for that. Would Oregon slash Washington sign a six to seven year deal without an exit clause? <laughs> would they and would they want to are two different questions. Would they want to? Maybe not. But a number of you out there are very high on the idea that Oregon and Washington, if they don't like the Pac-12 situation, they would bolt for the Big 12. I do not agree with that particular notion. I do, however, believe that either school, should the door creak open, would take a look at the Big Ten. But the Big Ten right now doesn't have a commissioner, Oregon doesn't have a president, and the Big Ten presidents, who didn't like fire Kevin Warren, but it seems like they kind of ousted him because they had different visions of what the next step for the conference was going to be, which in the eyes of the Big Ten presidents was 
we're good here at 16 teams with USC and UCLA. We made our move. Kevin Warren seemed to have have seems to have had an appetite. English is fun to continue to expand and go after Pac-12 schools, but that didn't happen. And then the Big Ten signed their deal, and now the Big 12 has signed their deal. Now the Big 12 has a clause that says they could add Power Five schools, and the payouts wouldn't drop it. But but again. I do not think Oregon and Washington would go to the Big 12. I think they would go to the Big 10. But if the Big 10 doesn't come calling, which they are not right now, and I don't think that that would change, I guess nothing's impossible within the next year or two. I don't think Oregon and Washington have a choice at this point in time. They they may not like it. And, and you know what I'm curious about with those two schools is whether or not because they are the clear flagship TV products for the Pac-12 going forward. Like they're going to have some of the most watched individual games. They're going to have the biggest game in the league every year, starting in 2024, once USC and UCLA leave going forward. Like they're both critically important to the Pac-12's future plans here. I wonder if they would not actually consider going to the Big 12. And this is very speculative on my part but perhaps use that potentially as leverage to say, can we get a slightly higher share of the media revenue pie here because Oregon and Washington are much more valuable to the league than, say, their in-state counterparts, just from a TV standpoint, or either of the Arizona schools. I don't know. I, I don't know. My guess is they would not. But is that the least likely thing to happen? No, not really. So to go back to your question here, SNH Exteriors, would they sign a six to seven year deal without an exit clause? Yeah, because I don't know that they would have a choice. Now, I am not privy, nor am I, though I kind of look like a lawyer today. um, (laughs) I am not privy to the legal jargon or how these contracts get worked out that would determine whether or not they they even have the ability to put in an exit clause like that. But one thing that we have seen from other conferences contracts is when you sign a grant of rights, getting out of it, from what I understand is not impossible, but it's really expensive. And I mean, really expensive. For example, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 early and Brett Yormark, their commissioner, and the rest of the Big 12 is making them pay, I think it's like $100 million combined. I don't remember if it was combined or each, but it's about $100 million in that range that they had to pay to the remaining eight Big 12 schools because they're bolting on their deal early. So I, I, I don't think they, I, I think they would sign a deal without an exit clause in there because what I have read from National College Football writers is that getting out of a grant of rights is messy. It can be expensive, but it's not impossible. So if the Big Ten door did swing open and Oregon, Washington were involved in, say, three years in the Pac-12 inks, a six-year deal, they could theoretically hire some lawyers who would be working a lot of billable hours there, and they would find a way to get out of it, and it would be very expensive to do so. That's what I think is the most likely situation here on that front. If it does ultimately come to that, but I, re- I really don't, it just seems like the big 10, at least for now, for the next couple of years, 
Like they had every opportunity. They they could have gone to Oregon and Washington, heck, maybe even Cal and Stanford, who at one point in time, there were reports from credible college football reporters saying that the Big Ten was vetting those four schools, but that ultimately they decided, nope, we're, we're, we're done for now. It's not impossible that they could go back to the well on that front. Because if they just, at, at, as the Big Ten, if they just dangle a, a baby carrot, right? Not one of the big carrots that you cut up to, you know, make a mirepoix or soup or anything of that sort, you know, starting uh, to make stuffing. Oh man, I love stuffing. It's so good. Um, I'm going to do my best to not turn this into a food podcast. No promises. Absolutely none. Love food. Where was I? Right. If they're going to dangle just a baby carrot there, they, they, depending on how much value they see those schools is actually providing, they would not have to give a lot compared to what they're paying the other schools if they thought they would add value. But I think if Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal provided a significant amount of that value, I think the Big Ten would have gone after them already more aggressively, and they did not. Now, maybe their math changes in a few years. Maybe they decide they want to go in a different direction, expand again. I don't know. I don't know. One thing I wouldn't rule out in a few years. Uh, sorry, I need to take a sip of water here. Just give me a moment. <clears throat> okay. Sorry. Done a lot of talking today. Per our usual arrangement. One thing I would not rule out going for it. And I mean like next round of realignment talks, whenever that really heats up for the big 10 is if they came after Stanford to pair them with Notre Dame because of those two schools' history together. Because the biggest fish remaining out there for any conference to add is easily Notre Dame. Brand, credibility, academics, money, TV numbers, they've got it all. They're right in the middle of Big Ten country. Like They really would be a good fit. And if you're going to add two, they could look at Stanford. They, they very very easily could. But again, answering your question here, S&H Exteriors, I do think they would sign a six, seven year deal. If not only because they don't really have any other options at this point, because I, I don't see the big 12 as the, the sort of option that many of you believe it to be. And we disagree on the front and that's okay. Disagreement's good, healthy. That's how uh, democracy works. That sort of thing. Should I go full politician here in the suit? This democracy a divided house cannot stand okay i'm done i'm done i'm done i swear i will never no okay i'm not gonna promise i won't ever do that again um just in one of those moods tonight all right next question last one today here on the show again youtube comments twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at lo underscore pack 12 send all your questions there are there aren't really any questions that are too outrageous or ridiculous that I will not talk about. Heck, not long ago here on the show, I was talking about the University of New Mexico coming to the Pac-12 and whether or not that'd be feasible. It's not particularly likely right now. Give it 10, 15 years. Nah, you never know. See what the Lobos could come up with. Here's the question. And again, you guys come up with some interesting names. Lost Highway. I mean, all right. He asks, or she, I, I don't know. 
I'm gonna. I, I assume he. Most of the people who watch and listen to the show are guys, but there's some ladies out there. Appreciate all of you, no matter who you are. Another question: Would you rather be one of many games on ESPN or the sole live football broadcast on Apple? Ooh, think of all the ads that we got for MLB on Apple. Does the Big Twelve get that much visibility being shared on ESPN with many other conferences? Well. The visibility question and how much viewership you can draw, which, by the way, isn't as much the conference's concern as much as it is the network's concern. Like all this stuff gets gets sold and packaged, right? Like the big the Pac-12 is looking for a media rights partner to buy their content. From that point on, you'd like to have as much exposure as you can if you're a conference. But it's not actually their job per se to do that. It's the network's job to promote the games, get people to watch, make it easy to watch and, and all that sort of stuff. But would you rather be lost in the shuffle on ESPN with all the games that are going on and all the cable networks or the only game on Apple? The, the question is an interesting one, but I don't know what time of day on a Saturday you could have the window to yourself. I mean, most of you, not all of you, I assume, but a good chunk of you are West Coast based peeps, which is where I grew up. And the beauty of being on the West Coast, it is a far superior time zone as a consumer than the East Coast. And it's not a competition, not even close. We got that going for us. But you wake up and college football starts at 9 a.m. And then college football ends at about 10 p.m. West Coast time. Because Pac-12 After Dark kicks off at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock. So actually you're looking at closer to 11, right? Like 11, 11 11.30. So I'm not sure what time of day you could have a game on Apple and not have another game running. Which brings it back to the question of how networks get people to watch and who they get to watch. I think that's the better way to look at this is not, you know, are you competing with this game or that game? Because typically, unless you have a big time showdown or a rivalry or something of that nature, conference championship falls in that category as well, but that's, you know, certainly unique. The people who are watching your games are mostly either fans of this team or that team that's playing or they're fans maybe of other teams in the conference. And you do have a percentage of fans that are on the other side of the country, in the South, in the Midwest, in, you know, on the East coast. But I I, I don't have specific numbers here. I'm speculating a little bit, but I think it's reasonable to assume that over 50% of the people watching a given game are fans of that particular conference, right? I mean, I as a Pac-12 fan, and many of you probably do as well, I watch Alabama, Georgia if they play, or Alabama, LSU, or I mean, a lot of Alabama games, frankly. I watch Ohio State, Michigan, right? Games that have a reach and implications that go beyond just that game. But if you're talking about a standard regular season game in conference play, when Illinois plays Northwestern, 
Yeah, as a West Coast kid, I remember that game being on at 9 a.m. Beth Moen's on the call forever and always. She is early morning Big Ten football on ESPN. That is what Beth Moen's does. Best, I mean, she does a lot of things well. She's a phenomenal softball play-by-play broadcaster, if you didn't know. But the rest of those conference games are not interesting you, you and me very much, as much as they are people who are in the Big Ten. So I, I think the... The question that that you want to be asking here is, if the game's on Apple, what sort of viewership can you actually draw if you're Apple or, 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 or Amazon, right? Which is a question for those companies to determine how much they want to pay and how much they can make and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I suppose another time you could be like during during the week, maybe, if you had a Thursday or a Friday game. You know, sometimes there's a decent one on ESPN and let's say that game ran at, you know, five o'clock West Coast or I don't know, let's say it was like four o'clock West Coast time and your game kicked off at, you know, six o'clock West Coast time, but it was on Apple. I I, I think Pac-12 fans most likely are going to be the ones who tune into that game regardless. I think irrespective of kind of where it's uh, where, where it's broadcast, but. And then the other question is the Big 12 get that much visibility being shared on ESPN with with many other conferences. Again, I think it's about the the groundswell of fan support and number of TV viewers that you have in the region who are passionate enough to watch those watch those games and, and consume that content consistently. Love the questions though. Great ones today. Across the board. Keep them coming. YouTube, Twitter. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.